Welcome to Crypto Sapiens, a show that hosts lively discussions with innovative Web3 builders to help you learn about decentralized money systems, including Ethereum, Bitcoin, and DeFi. The podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and it is not financial advice. Crypto Sapiens is presented in partnership with Bankless DAO, a movement for pioneers seeking freedom from the limitations of the traditional financial system. Bankless DAO will help the world go bankless by creating user-friendly on-ramps for people to discover decentralized financial technologies through education, media, and culture. Hello, everyone, and we are back with another episode of Crypto Sapiens. Today, we are talking to Joff, product and dev lead at EPNS, otherwise known as Ethereum Push Notification Service. They position themselves as the protocol for blockchain-based notifications that are chain agnostic, platform independent, and incentivized. Some of the use cases we discuss are loan liquidation notifications, ENS name expiration notifications, and becoming a tool for DAO governance that allows members to vote directly from the notification. As Jeff says, EPNS is a tool for reactive and proactive management. And with that, let's get started. Uh, I'm Jeff. I I am the business development and operations lead at EPNS, and um, it's it's uh, it's awesome to be here. Just uh, because it's the opportunity to talk, sorry the opportunity to talk about EPNS and uh, share with with everyone here um, what are the possibilities, what can you build. This to me is a tool for for everybody in general. Um, as it gives everybody the opportunity in the Web3 to communicate effectively with their with their users, right? So that's what we're going to talk about here, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, before we do, I mean, I think it's really wonderful to learn about the people that are behind the project. So without sharing more than you would want to share, uh, you know, <laughs> wh- where, where did you get started? You know, what's that Web2 experience that you had prior to jumping into this ecosystem? Right, right. Okay, so yeah, I started working back in the 2002, right? So I, I've been I've been working for quite a long time already, and um, I started, you know, like like most of the people uh, start at least where I live. I live in Costa Rica, by the way, born and raised in Costa Rica, and uh, <laughs> most most people they start as as software developers, right? So my background. Uh, at least for the early years of my career, is in software development. I did I did my first year of software development, and um, you know um, because of, of different things, I moved from software development into the project management side of things. Did a little product management, product management, uh, program management, and everything on that on that area. Um, and for almost ten years, um, funny thing is, I I was working on the tech side. Of the pest control industry, and <laughs> that that's always uh, funny to say because uh, pest control is is an industry that sometimes people don't think um, it has a tech side or people, uh, you know, behind the scenes. And I did work almost a decade on that industry before I moved hundred percent into crypto. That's interesting. So you were beating software bugs while other people were beating the real bugs. Exactly. Exactly. That, <laughs> that was my thing. That's really awesome. So when did you make that decision to jump into the Web3 ecosystem? And and I mean, what, what kind of inspired you to do that? Or what was like that motivating factor? Yeah. Okay. So um, 
during my career, I did, I did meet a ton of people, right? And um, four years ago, uh, one of my former managers, he asked me if I was able to jump in and help in a small project, right? I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know anything. It was supposed to be like a fantasy cricket software or something. That's all I knew. And when I jumped into the project, I realized that it was blockchain. That was the very first time in my life that I heard about blockchain or Bitcoin or anything similar to this. And um, it turns out they were they were building a, a fantasy cricket league software and I did participate in the project. That was the start of it. It lasted like for eight months or something. Um, it didn't even go live. But from that moment, I was sold. Uh, at that moment, I realized that, that that was something that I was passionate about. I really, really um, I don't know. It changed my mind and I, it turned me into a student again. And, and, uh, that's why I decided to, to come fully on this. Yeah. And so how did you end up, uh, joining EPNS? After, after that project ended, I did started, uh, I did start participating in several different projects or not, not, I did not start, but I started trying to, uh, join different projects. And, um, I did join one. It's called Project Hydro, and they were in the identity uh, solutions side of things. And that's where I met Harsh and Richa. They are the founders of EPNS. Uh, we did collaborate together like for a very short time. It was just a couple of months, maybe, but it was it was great. It, we really clicked at the very first time. Then you know I continued in that project for almost a year. And we didn't talk much during that time, but then after some time, they, they told me about this project they, they were building. I was already following them uh, in what they were doing, and they invited me to join. And here I am two years later. Wow. So, I mean, it sounds like you've kind of built up quite a reputation in this space and uh, have collaborated with a few folks uh, on several projects. I like to think that. <laughs> so... Now that we've got a nice introduction to who you are and, you know, what inspired that transition from Web 2 to the Web 3 space and even the journey within that to get you to EPNS, let's talk about EPNS. What is it? All right. So the one-liner is that EPNS brings notifications to the space. They We realized at some point that communication was broken in the Web 3 Um like uh, I, I used to tell this to people, but this is this is not the nineties, right? In the nineties, you were expected to go check your email to check if there was something for you, right? That was the users going fetching information by themselves. But we're not there anymore. Right now, most probably, when you wake up in the morning, you already have ten notifications waiting for you on your phone. And in the web three space, we don't have that, or we didn't have that before uh, EPNS came in. Because uh, that's what we're building. We're building communication channels that will allow services and, and protocols to create effective communication channels with their user bases. And um, we are talking about sending notifications about stuff that matter to them, right? So we have a ton of use cases that we have been working on with several different protocols. Uh, maybe we can we can talk about that, uh, Humpty. Um, and and the interesting thing is is <laughs> when you realize that this is this is a very simple idea that we're all used to, but we just don't have it in the Web three right now. Um, so that's that's the the idea behind EPNS. Well, I'm going to correct you because I was not getting emails; I was using a beeper. 
<laughs> in the nineties, <laughs> and I got my notifications pretty quickly. And if we can get some sort of hack to make pe- beepers fashionable again, literally just my Web three beeper is like, dee, 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 dee. oh, like check that out. <laughs> like I got an offer for you know this NFT. That's really fun. Except you know that would be fun. Anyways, I I, <laughs> I digress there. But no, you're right. I mean, I think in terms of like communications, even in you know in in the space outside of crypto, it it's still pretty archaic like email of course is still very usable very functionable but you know it, it it doesn't really necessarily it's not easy to find right because say you have an important email it's probably buried under a ton of other spam right and you're like oh my gosh like i i, I never received it it's like did you didn't you it's probably under the other 20 emails that you ignored right <laughs> yeah yeah and and you know i guess for us uh, this is the internet of money Right. So, you know, you can receive a, a notification at 2 a.m. in the morning and it could be Farmville or any other game that you used to play or your, your kid installed on your phone. Right. But if you do get a notification at 2 a.m. in the morning saying that your loan is about to get liquidated, then you care about that one. Right. <laughs> and that's part of the that's part of the use cases. Um, you know, originally when we when we started, definitely DeFi was one of the of the industries that was most interested most interested at first because it just makes sense. There are so many uh, DeFi platforms that they were offering loans or, or other uh, alternatives or products for the users. And I want to I want to to use the the loan example because it just makes a lot of sense. So when you get a notification, um, basically it's not only information that you will get uh, saying, "Hey, you're you're being liquidated." but you get a call to action with each notification. That means that if you get a notification at 2 a.m. in the morning saying your loan on this platform is starting to to get liquidated, you click it and then the notification itself will actually take you to the platform so that you can take action and fix your loan, right? So that's when, if you start thinking, EPNS becomes not a tool for notifications, but a tool that helps with user engagement and user retention. Okay, I'm going to put a pin on that because I really do want to dig into that because I saw something in some of the research that one of the things that EPNS can help is with surfacing or uh, notifying people about governance, right? Because <laughs> everybody raises their hand like, oh, I want to be, you know, I want to be part of this governance or I want to be a part of this multi-sig. But when it comes time to actually doing something about that it's like it's very hard to convert people either because they never saw it right or because maybe there's no urgency in terms of the way that we currently communicate that there is a governance proposal that needs to be passed so yeah i i really want to explore that i want to hear your thoughts on it but i want to rewind just a little bit and i want to explore the name and kind of the way that it works both in, in on Ethereum and potentially even across other blockchains. So the name, Ethereum Push Notification Services. Does that mean that this works only on Ethereum? Great question. It doesn't mean that. <laughs> it means that we started in Ethereum. We love Ethereum. We have a special place in our in our hearts for Ethereum. But we realized that um, going multi-chain is something that that we need to do. Right? It's it's a need. There are so many things happening in so many different chains that uh, we cannot stay on Ethereum only. Um, that being said, uh, we are going to Polygon first, right? 
Um, I, I will explain a little bit about our, our solution architecture in a second so you understand how we made it easy to, to go to other chains. Um, but I also wanted to mention last year during the Solana Breakpoint event, Harsh, our, our founder, he put up a, a great uh, demo there of EPNS running on top of Solana, right? Meaning that, that we're ready to, uh, we're cross-chain compatible um, among other important characteristics of project, like being platform agnostic and other things. Um, so our infrastructure or our, or our solution architecture in general is that we have one core contract that resides only on Ethereum. And that core contract will take care of creating channels, uh, fee split, governance-related um, aspects. But we created another type of contract that we call communicator. And the communicator is the contract that we actually deploy on other chains so that it enables us to communicate with the core contract, do validation and, and other things. And... Um, Probably one of the most critical pieces in this whole architecture is the push uh, nodes, the peer-to-peer -peer network of push nodes that we have, which is the, the network that, that will take care of retrieving and dispatching notifications to where they need to go. So how do I get those notifications then? Um, say I've set one up, where am I going to get that? Great. Uh, there are right now uh, two main ways, three main ways to receiving notifications. Um, we have a mobile app in the two flavors, iOS and Android. Um, we have a Chrome browser extension that sits right next to your MetaMask and you get notifications right there. And uh, we also have our DAP. But uh, on top of it, we are um, we, we're produced and we are releasing SDKs and libraries that we are sharing with the developers community so that they can uh, do integration by themselves. And that is, if you have an idea, you have your own product, let's say you're an individual contributor, then you can uh, plug in super easy. As long as you have a channel running, you can plug in super easy to the network and um, you know throw your your notifications that you need to send to the network of nodes, and they will take care of of dispatching them. Hmm. Interesting. Do you foresee a future where EPNS will operate natively on Discord? Um, and I and I only ask that because I think. Maybe not a good thing, but a lot of the communications for many Web3 projects reside on Discord. And, you know, sure, we probably don't want to put it right in the main server, but maybe there's like some sort of DM uh, attribute that allows for you to see is like, oh, I got a new message here. I need to check that out. And it kind of gives you a list of notifications from your entire, I guess, wherever you've integrated, wherever you're participating. Yeah. Um, okay, so that that is a great question. We, we are in fact in conversations with different teams about uh, integrations that that might come from Discord or other tools, let's say like Twitter or any other uh, social channel or network. Uh, but yeah, the the answer is yes. Uh, at the end, EPNS has to be considered a building block. One more building block in any, not only the DeFi space, but um, a building block for the Web3, because what it does is enabling that communication channel in any way you want to implement it, right? Um, so if, if that's uh, your, the idea that you have in your mind is creating a bot that will trigger messages to your wallet address after some event happens, then that's doable because you will just add the EPNS block to your solution and you will be able to trigger notifications to wallet addresses directly. Um, so yeah, it opens the stage for developers to get really creative. And we have seen a lot of creativity already floating around um, to create solutions based on whatever are your needs. 
All right. So let's go back to where we put our pin yes. earlier, right? In terms of getting these notifications for things that are probably missed regularly, you know, you talked a little bit about DeFi, which I think hugely important. Obviously, we saw a market correction recently and people hopefully were paying attention <laughs> and uh, got a note, you know, got, uh, were, were signed in, were able to make the changes. But, you know, if they weren't, if they're not keeping up with market conditions, probably there were some negative effects to that. So EPNS can surely benefit with that. But aside from that, I think one of the things that we've seen tremendous growth in over the past years are DAOs. So with governance, what are some of your thoughts, you know, with how EPNS can help with that? And maybe some of the things that are not even currently uh, being built, but like the vision for the future. Awesome question. I, re I really like the, the governance uh, side of things for EPNS. Uh, so here's the thing. Yeah, we have been um, reached, out, reached out by different protocols that with the same, with the same feeling, right? Moving governance is sometimes clunky or, or slow. We have heard all sorts of words to define how difficult it is to move governance properly, right? Um, because of what you're saying, there's a lot of voter apathy. There's a lot of um, a lot of a lot of things that that should be better if you want to have an effective governance and an effective community behind your project. Um, so one of the things that we have we have been doing is uh, whenever, for example, uh, there is a new notification, let's say in Snapshot or any other platform, uh, but whenever there is a new notification, you can at that moment triggering notification to your user base or to whoever wants to be notified about governance updates, um, you can trigger a notification immediately saying, hey, there is a new proposal. You get it on your phone. You can read what it is about, right? And if you click it, you can redirect the user, whether you want to redirect the user to the voting platform or maybe you want to redirect the user to where the discussion is happening. But um, to add a little bit more to your question, you mentioned what's coming in the future. Something that is coming very, very soon that I'm really excited about is that not only you will get a notification saying, um, here's the proposal, read it, vote on it, but you will be able to cast your vote from the notification itself. So your notification will come, yeah, your notification will, will come with, with, let's say, three buttons, right? For, against, or, or abstain, uh, let's say, and you will be able to cast your notification, um, your, your, vote from the notification. And that's cool because sometimes, as crazy as it sounds, maybe users will not want to go to the platform to cast their vote. But if you if you make it even easier, maybe they don't they know what the notification is about, the proposal is about, sorry. Um, if they know, then you can cast your vote right there and it ends there. Yeah, I think one of the things that you are bringing up, well, firstly, one of the one of the major I think uh, challenges with uh, Web3 currently is the user experience, right? Is is very poor. And that, I think that's that's okay currently because we're in uh, build mode, we're in growth mode, we're a bunch of hackers and we're just trying to leverage the, the technology and build out utility. And a lot of times we forget that there's like real people on the other end with various levels of expertise. Um, and so there's a lot of improvement yet uh, that is possible uh, in the U in, you know in the UX the user experience of Web three. So one thing that you've I think at least stood out to me in the what you just just described there, where directly from the notification you can act 
right? It reminds me of like e-commerce in Web2 where there is the option to add it to the cart, you know, and select all these things and then eventually buy or just the buy now button. And it's like, let's reduce the friction to motivate people to, in this case, spend money, right? And people design that in a way because they realize if somebody puts it in the cart, the likelihood is, yeah, they'll forget about it. They're not going to do anything about it, right? Um, and then they got to make sure they engage with you again and, and, and bring you back onto the page and buy it then. I think the same thing can be said in terms of governance. It's like, well, how many steps are there for me to actually vote? Like, unless I'm on Snapshot every day, the likelihood is that it's quite a few. Like, I'm going to see a tweet that's maybe going to take me to the forum to read what the proposal is about, which then is going to take me to maybe some sort of soft governance where it's on Discord to say yay or nay, and then maybe takes me to Snapshot to do the vote. Now, I'm probably overcomplicating that, but just to show an example that there's a few steps in order to just act and participate in that governance. I like what you're saying where it's like, look, I mean, hopefully you're engaged enough in the project that you're supporting where you see a notification, the information that is shared with you is reasonable, and you can make a decision from that and act and participate in that governance. And, and, and you know, um, I'm not sure if, you're, if you remember, but back in the day, it was like a year and a half ago, maybe, <laughs> there was like one week where crypto Twitter was all about save yam because there was some, some voting or something that needed to be done. I remember that. Exactly. And if you got into crypto Twitter, that's all you were able to see all day long, Savian and, and, and people calling everybody else to do something, right? But what if, what if, that, that's, that's the important part, the what if. You didn't keep an eye on our social networks. You didn't keep an eye on Discord. You didn't get a message from a friend. Um, what if you, you didn't get any of those? But if you did get a notification, a push notification right to your phone, then most likely you will uh, take action. So what are some of the uh, integrations? So you mentioned you wanted to talk about the partnerships that EPNS has been building. Where, uh, What projects are you talking to? What kind of integrations can we look forward to in terms of EPNS being rolled out uh, in the future? Or maybe some of those that are already uh, in effect? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, we have... More than 40 collaborations confirmed. Um, confirmed. Right now, we have, I think we have 29, 29 channels in production. The, the thing is, we launched on Mainnet on January 11th, and we have been consistently releasing one channel a day. That's part of our, of our rollout strategy. Um, we have a ton of channels in the, in the DeFi space, um, right? So we have uh, collaborations with DYDX, Oasis, uh, CBI. Uh, many other important protocols in the space, Banker as well. But Banker actually is a cool case because they decided to make a hybrid channel uh, where they notify users about stuff that matters to them from their platform as, as a user of the platform. But they also use the same channel to send notifications about governance. So that's that's a cool idea that they, they did there. Um, we also have um, channels or, yeah, I, I keep calling them channels, but th those are collaborations with protocols in other spaces, like in the services space. And that's important because um, EPNS is not only a tool that will allow protocols to be reactive and communicate something to the users after something happened, but you can use it as a tool that is more um, proactive and you will try to do 
good things for your users. So one example is the ENS domains. Nobody wants to lose their ENS domain. Nobody wants to do that, right? And there is a channel that we have that will start alerting you seven days before the expiration of your of your domain that your domain is about to expire. And and will the call to action in there is uh, taking you to the renewal page so, so that you can go and renew your domain, right? Um, same goes, for example, for pull together. Like if you are if you're the winner of the lottery, you might have a million dollars waiting for you on your wallet and you don't know about because you, you didn't keep an eye on, on, on the social networks or you didn't keep an eye on Twitter. Um, so what if you get a notification saying, hey, you just won a million dollars and uh, go here to cash out, right? So that's um, that's what we're building. And on top of it, we got other important channels that we're releasing very soon, um, like a wallet tracker. That is in case you want to know if something happened with your wallet, whether that's something that uh, came into your wallet or out of your wallet. But if you're not close to your computer, you better know that something happened, right? And <laughs> that that's part of the, the things. And I think it was important to mention this because it, it shows how EPNS becomes a tool for, for reactive uh, cases and proactive cases. Right. So I, I, I like the fact that you talk about ENS because it just reminds me also of some of the, uh, I guess, similarities in terms of naming convention, but also the flexible ecosystem in the fact that it doesn't just operate on Ethereum. So just to note that. And uh, yeah, it'll it'll make it a little more difficult because I, I am keeping an eye on a few ENS domains that I would like to have. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's about to expire. I'm keeping an eye on that in case you forget. But, you know, if EPNS is out there, they're going to be reminded I'm not going to be able to get the ENS domains that I would like to acquire. Well, but that's, that's where developers comes in. Uh, they, they can create a channel for you to keep an eye on the domains that you want. No, that's fun. I mean, it's 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 a it's a fun exercise in uh, just kind of enriching the ecosystem, I guess. And I like the fact that it's you know EPNS is kind of being built in uh, in partnership with a lot of these projects uh, in terms of the way that it's integrated and adding value already uh, to some of these protocols uh, in the ecosystem. So one thing that I would like to learn because I haven't yet tried um, how easy is it to create. A, a a notification. So when I hear EPNS, for some reason in my head, I'm thinking of this uh, platform called IFTT. If that, if this, then that, right? And I go in there and I create recipes, right? Like I want to create a notification. Send me a a DM on Twitter when this happens. Is it that easy, or what's the current state of it? Is and 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 is that the end goal, or is that it still uh, it being iterated on? Yeah, we are uh, getting there. Right now, creating a channel for you, let's say, as a content producer. Um, and, and let me let me bring this analogy so, so we get everybody on the same page. Uh, the analogy is a YouTube channel. So if you're a content producer and you want your followers to know what you have been releasing, then you create a channel on YouTube and your followers can opt in to receive notifications from you. That's, that's the whole idea uh, with EPNS, when you create a channel in EPNS. It will allow you to communicate with your with your user base in a direct fashion to their user wallets. Uh, right now, if you want to create a channel, uh, really, it takes five minutes from the moment you start creating the channel to the moment you send your first notification. And um, you can send two types of notifications right now. There, there will be a third one next week. Um, 
you can send a broadcast notification, which will go to your entire user base. Uh, so that is, for example, there is a, a new Crypto Sapiens um, event happening. Go check it out and you send the link. You know where I'm going with this. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, you can also have targeted notifications, which is what I, the example that I was mentioning about DeFi. When you want to communicate something to a user specifically, it's it's private to the user, let's say. Um, very soon, next week, most likely, we are going to release uh, subset notifications, which is um, it's precisely that. Sometimes you, you want to communicate to a specific subset of your user base, not everybody. So in the case of DeFi, let me bring in DeFi again. But in the case of DeFi, um, sometimes you might have basic traders versus advanced traders, and you want to send different signals to each team, then you can uh, you will be able to do that. Now, in regards to what you were saying about comparing it to the IFTT platform, right? Um, we are getting there. Right now, you as a user, um, you will not have those capabilities right now if you go to to the EPNS DAP. But as a developer, you already have a ton more capabilities uh, if you start creating a solution like from the developer perspective. Because... Um, our framework that we offer to create channels and whatnot, it, it comes with a scheduling engine that lets you be very, very flexible and as granular as you want. You can, you can check for events happening block by block if you want, or you can set recurrence rules that says, nah, I want to check this every one hour, once a day or things like that. So it gives you a ton of flexibility. You're not limited to consuming data from, from web three sources. So you can consume data from, from other sources like APIs or subgraphs or any other thing that comes to your mind, as long as you prepare a message that matches the protocol standards and you will be able to send it. Um, but yeah, we are uh, making it easier for, for users that are not developers so that they can create uh, more dynamic notifications. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's going to be huge. Um, not that it's not huge already, but like really empowering individuals to be able to control features like that, I think is uh, definitely something, I mean, I'm sure the demand is already there um, for people to curate really, right? Um, the, the, their, their own ecosystem in terms of like what they want to interact with more regularly, or it's like, oh, you know, I, I really wish I was in the Bankless DAO Discord more often or on their forum, but I, I just don't have the time or, you know, I'm busy doing something else. But I want to curate my experience to be able to uh, engage with what's important to me as it, uh, you know, as it uh, becomes available. So, yeah, I think that's really, really amazing. And, and Hopi, you, you mentioned something about you uh, <laughs> with the ENS example. You keep an eye on domains that you like. But there is the other, the other side. Um, what if you have multiple wallets with multiple ENS domains? And I wanted to bring this How up. How did you know? I do. <laughs> 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 okay, so what's what's why did I bring this topic again? Because um, wallet bundling is coming as well. So it's about creating a one-stop shop for users. So on one single application, you will get notifications from all your different wallets, from all the different services that that matter to you. And uh, it doesn't mean that every wallet that you have uh, will receive notifications from the same set of services, but you can have uh, one wallet that you are using for DeFi, one wallet for NFTs, and you will get all the different notifications on the same app or browser extension. Yeah. And wait, is this all permissionless or 
do developers need to reach out to the EPNS team currently to do these things? No, it's it's open, permissionless. And another beautiful thing is that being open and permissionless, uh, we cannot take any arbitrary decision as to who who can create a channel or not. But uh, the cool thing is governance. It's also something that we are developing right now. And in the future, let's say a channel uh, is created and they start becoming a bad actor, right? They start sending notifications that are, you know, they are not good. I don't get to say if they are good or bad, but governance as a whole, they will be able to take that decision. And um, we have spam controls or, yeah, we call it the spam score. And what it does is that if you start acting wrong, then uh, your spam score, it's, it's going to be an algorithmic implementation of a spam score. Um, so the spam score will start throttling down your notifications, giving you the opportunity to pivot into good behavior. If you do, then that's fine. You're going to go back to normal. But if you don't, then your notifications are going to start, um, like you're going to, to start getting spaced uh, from the moment you, you can start sending notifications. And not only when you can send notifications, but how many notifications you can send until you get to the point where you, you get to zero. You don't get to send anything. And uh, the beautiful part of it is that governance will will play a role on this and governance will get to decide if a channel needs to be shut down or something like that. Okay, so thank you for leading us there. The push token. Let's talk about that because I, I think it has something to do with governance. Does it? It has everything to do with governance. Perfect. <laughs> That's a great question. Okay, and, and there is a little more. It's really cool. Um, so the push token, uh, yeah, we launched it last year in April. Um, and, uh, push token is a governance token. It will, like, like most of governance tokens, it, it will allow token holders to participate in the direction of the protocol. It has a really, really cool feature that is not active yet, but it will be activated in the, in the future. I, I'm talking about this year, right? Um, you as a token holder in that when, when governance decide to activate service fees, that is services, there will be a fee for them to, to send notifications and, and use the protocol. Uh, we're going to follow a traditional software as a service model. So there's going to be a fee. And uh, when governance decide to activate service fees, there's also going to uh, be another feature that is attached to the token. Really cool. It's called fee split. And that is that you as token holder uh, will get a share of of uh, the fees collected from the services, but that's also a decision that governance will, uh, will be taking. And that's why we are being super careful in, in making things right with our governance, making sure that everybody is learning, that everybody is learning not only how to play their governance roles, but also how critical these decisions will come in the future. All right. Well, that's, that's excellent. So, you know, one thing that I also saw here in the research leading up to this event is there is a, I guess, part of the goal is to do some sort of proof of humanity integration. Um, going back to early in our discussion, when you were doing the introduction, you were talking about like your personal experience working in the identity space. And then we also talked about um, being able to identify the different types of participants within an ecosystem where you have 
I guess, more novice traders or irregular traders that are not as active and maybe more of a professional trader. Like, So I wonder, what is the goal with integrating identity solutions? And you know, I guess, what are some, what are some of the novel ways that you imagine them being able to help with maybe uh, realizing some of these distinctions or making some of these distinctions and then creating a, you know, I guess a, a more empowering ecosystem for everyone, especially those that are probably more active uh, in Web3. All right. Um, yeah. And thanks for bringing the proof of humanity uh, example, because that is that is an example that is definitely not DeFi. It has a DeFi aspect, um, but it's, it's cool that you mention it because there are many protocols that in order to be a participant of their protocol, it's more like a like a staged type of thing. In the case of Proof of Humanity, for example, um, if you submit your profile uh, to be accepted in, in Proof of Humanity, then it doesn't get approved immediately. So what are you going to do? Are you going to keep visiting Proof of Humanity every day to see if you were accepted or, or not? What we are doing with them is helping the process in general so that everybody stays communicated at all times. Because whenever you submit your profile, there is a fee that you need to pay for it. Um, and there could come a challenge as well. So if somebody challenges you, that is not only the risk of, of, of your profile being taken down from the platform, that is your your uh, deposit that you put when you when you submitted your profile that is also in risk. So that is that is a perfect example of of uh, EPNS helping a process oriented protocol that is not reacting to one action that happens. And um, you you mentioned something also really really interesting. Right now, everybody is super privacy centric, uh, especially in this space. Of course, uh, nobody wants to give away their information about names or even Twitter handles or anything like that or email or anything like that. Um, one of the one of the things that that everybody, you know, it's ideas that we we get from Discord and other channels, but um, there are ways where EPNS can help identifying or or helping with identity. So one of the cool ideas that was brought up the other day is, you know, how we have two factor authentication in the in the Web two world. Let's say when you go to your bank, you have to do uh, two factor authentication, um, but it doesn't exist as a Web3 native tool, right? So what if, what if you um, you could come to your DeFi platform that you that you want to use and uh, you get a two-factor authentication message sent directly to your wallet so that you can verify that it's actually you who's trying to do something against the platform. That's interesting. No, that's interesting. I mean, the identity ecosystem as a whole, I think, is starting to gain a lot of traction a lot of it i think the demand uh while i think there was there is some still in defi um DAOs in terms of being able to create better onboarding experiences uh being able to incentivize people who are actively participating in this in the ecosystem i think those are some of the things that are driving some of that demand and certainly i i expect there to be some uh parallels to the way that maybe epns can be used to add value to both the DAOs and its members in terms of surfacing some of that information. So yeah, so I think that that's really great. Yeah, no, I just at the personal level, I'm, I'm super excited about everything happening uh, 
with the metaverse. <laughs> and and this is me, a very a very personal opinion. But I envision the metaverse being um allowing us to to keeping giving place for a lot of notifications. But I'm I'm not talking about the notifications precisely, but about creating a, a very communicated world where the the metaverse is also it's going to be really exciting already. But if you are uh if you get a notification from you know on your whatever your smartwatch or something say hey join me here then it's just beautiful everything that we can enable just because we have communication channels that will allow us to to meet with our friends and do other things so i'm really really excited at the personal level about what the metaverse will bring yeah i mean it's i think it's certainly unlocking tremendous value in some of the experiences that we already have maybe both in the real world and in the virtual space. Uh, so yeah, I mean, but there's still a lot of opportunity there. So yeah, I'm well. So anything else regarding the project that you feel we have missed that you're like, you know what, before we go, let's let's talk about this. Uh, yeah, just just quickly before we go, <laughs> before we go, we just launched our push grants program. Uh, we allocated uh, $1 million for a program that will run for two quarters. And that is um, that is an opportunity for everybody to join. If you have an idea of something that that uh, will help EPNS and the ecosystem in general, uh, you know, join our Discord, join our different channels that we have. Um, there's a lot of a lot of conversation going on in our Discord. We have office hours, and there's always something reachable. We thankfully have people all around the world, so there's always someone that you can ask your questions. Yeah, and that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you'd like to learn more about EPNS, go to epns.io and on Twitter at EPNS Project. Thanks for listening to Crypto Sapiens. Please give us a follow, like, and a five-star review wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And stay tuned for our next discussion.